What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn. I'm your host, and this is episode number 106. And today we're talking to Dr. Siri Zemmel about her book called Guided, uh, Journey into the Unknown to Awaken the Soul and Live in Truth. And this is a this is a great conversation. Uh, Dr. Siri talks to us about her experience in speaking to guides from the other side. On the back of the book, it says she's a medium. And so if you're like me and you're coming out of the evangelical world, uh, even if you're deconstructing, there's still something that sometimes goes off in your head like a radar. Devil, devil, devil. <laughs> demons, 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 evil, evil, evil. She's talking to spirits, but she's really talking to demons. Like Those things still live in the back of my head. And so it was hard for me. Uh, I was a little bit nervous about this conversation, not because I was like scared of her, but because I was like, I don't want to bring my baggage to this conversation uh, and not fully appreciate the work she's doing or say something really, really stupid. <laughs> and she was so gracious and so kind. And I shared with her some of my story. Uh, but I want to encourage you, give this a chance, okay? Regardless of where you're coming from in your life, uh, if that's your background like me or something else or whatever it is that you think of this type of work, I guarantee that if you give this episode a chance, uh, you will leave these next 45 minutes or so, whatever, however long this is going to be, uh, you will you will leave this conversation with something, I guarantee you, that will make you a better human being in your part of the world. So give this a chance. It's really, really good. And the book... It's kind of like her telling her story. And then every so often, italicize is like a paragraph or two of something that the guides have spoken to her uh, in her in her life. And at first I was like, that's really weird. But then as I was reading more of the stuff that, that these guides have spoken to her, I'm like, oh, I've read, th- I've heard this before. Like I've heard this in the Gospel of Mary or the Gospel of Thomas or the Gospel of John. I've heard Jesus say something like this before. I've heard this from... Alexander Shia, I've heard this from Richard Rohr. Like this stuff that these guys spoke to her, it's not like this is new rocket science information. Uh, this is stuff that's wired into the very basis of our soul. It's there. Uh, it's just that we haven't fully awakened to it yet. And so this book, this conversation, I hope will awaken something in you to make you to go forward into tomorrow. Uh, being a better human being than you are today. So I'll put all the links to her stuff in the show notes, also to my book, Rethinking Everything. Patreon, buy me a coffee if you want to support the show. All the different links, all in the show notes. But all of that to say, my friend, this is episode number 106. It's my conversation with Dr. Siri Zemmel. Enjoy. Wake up, get your morning started. Drinking daily coffee, got this money on my mind. Got myself to see the big picture. You not alone, I'm right there with ya. Trust me, get up. Guess I gotta be more stricter. Keep my head up, getting more slicker. I know, yeah. Hey. Everybody, uh, welcome back to the show. Today we're sitting down with Dr. Siri Zemmel, who wrote an amazing book called Guided, 
journey into the unknown to awaken the soul and live in truth. And so Siri, uh, welcome to the podcast. It's an honor to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for opening up the time and space uh, to have a conversation together. Thank you. So usually when I have a new guest on, I start by having them kind of talk about themselves and kind of tell us a little bit about their journey. And I would love for you to do that today. But since your story and your book, I think, are, are so unique, I thought that maybe to kick off this part of our discussion, I could read for our listeners from the back of your book, then have you kind of springboard off from there to tell us about yourself. Does that sound good? Sounds perfect. All right. So let's see. The back of the book for our listeners says you might find yourself wearing an outer mask of normalcy, separating from an extraordinary force that remains dormant within. How can you thrive in the here and now managing image, career, and family while surrendering the ego and embracing a power from beyond? Guided journey into the unknown to awaken the soul and live in truth reveals an unexpected passage from fragmentation to wholeness, from hiding to being seen and from fear to love. Through astonishing channeled communications and with a generous dose of vulnerability, Dr. Zemo lights the way, illuminating a striking dance through the seemingly divergent worlds of professionalism, shamanism, motherhood, and marriage. So with that being said, or, or better uh, read, take us into your story uh, a little bit with as much detail as maybe you, you want to give. Who is Dr. Siri Zemel? Uh, what is this talk about channeled? communication and how on earth did you get to the place where you are today? All right. Well, I will dive in, <laughs> uh, but of course, feel free to stop me at any time if you have questions about anything I Thank say. Thank you. Yeah. So I was born into a very loving um, Catholic home um, and uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, and from a very early age and even before kindergarten, I remember connecting um with the invisible realm Hmm. um i uh, you know people said i had imaginary friends Uh, maybe i did Uh, maybe (laughs) i was connecting with the other side Uh, maybe a little bit of both Mm -hmm. um a fine line perhaps but i never felt alone you Mm -hmm. know i loved playing in my room and playing outside with um this sense of kind of angelic companionship Mm. in um, the sense of safety and connection and um, sense of, um, you know, I, I don't want to say, you know, divinity or godliness in, an, sure, um, sure. Uh, in a disrespectful way, in, in a most respectful way, mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a way of communion. Um, and then, of course, when I started school, I went to Catholic schools um, growing up, and that really wasn't something that was talked about or shared amongst my peers or teachers. So I really shut it down. Mm. Um, from a young age, though, I did have this other language that moved through me. Um, and when I was connecting, uh, you know, in that way with the invisible realm, this, this other language, and I just, I really never thought anything of it. It just was what I did and right. was who I was. <laughs> um, but, you know, looking back in retrospect, as I learned the ways of the world, so to speak, and what mm-hmm. was um, acceptable and not, I, I, I really pushed that in and, and hid that part of myself. And it would just pop out at the most random times, usually um, in the middle of the night, if I became startled or awakened, mm-hmm. or um, the this language would, you know, would pop out, would come through. Um, and it wasn't until um, 
my early 20s um, when I had, and I'll, I'll kind of come, come back to kind of my, my sure. early 20s, but, you know, went through my education, um, uh, went to uh, public high schools, but then um, really became interested in yoga and meditation and mm-hmm. other forms of, um, yeah, just, just other forms of the, you know, human experience and, uh, you know, mental uh, connection and mm-hmm. spiritual connection. And it was in that time I was doing a lot more meditation and, and chanting and things like this. The, the language just flew through, flew me, the, moved through me um, so fluently uh, when I would be driving or cleaning the house mm-hmm. or going for walks. Um, always when I was alone. It just wasn't anything I ever shared. Sure. Um, I think I had learned to be ashamed of it. Yeah. I learned to be embarrassed of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, it was a beautiful experience. That's when my heart felt full when I felt a sense of oneness and connection and uh, like I wasn't alone and it became a form of expression. Um, it was just the language I would allow to move through me. And it was, uh, I, I guess for some people there's art, you know, for others there's singing. Um, certainly there's always, um, you know, outlets that we, we come to use um, in adulthood. And for me, this language pouring through me was very expressive. Yeah. Um, so uh, that still remained pretty secretive throughout college. Um, I uh, got my undergraduate degree in nutrition science mm-hmm. um, and then went on to get my master's also in nutrition science with a, um, a minor in counseling psychology. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to you know, work with others, help others in, in sure. some way. Um, and, and I um, got married, had a daughter, um, went through a rough patch, got divorced, um, remarried, had another daughter. Um, so I'm in the thick of motherhood and child raising and life is swirling around you. (laughs) Life is swirling around me. I, um, ended up, um, in behavioral health care. So, mm-hmm. you know, I became a registered dietitian as working in nutrition, but really in the mind body field in behavioral health care, eating disorders and addiction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, very, very, very busy. Um, and I knew something was missing though, you know, at that point it was a sense of, I've got a great life. I've got a lot going on. I feel, yeah. feel a sense of accomplishment and, yeah. you know, adulting and all these things. Sure. But something was missing. And I think, so, so at that point, I decided to move on to get my doctorate. Um, I thought, oh, yep, more education. That's right, That's what I see. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> more, 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 more achievement, more doing, more, yep. you know, success in the outer world. That's always right. the answer, right? Absolutely. More money, bigger house. New Solves car, all, all the, the problems. All the things. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, that's what I do. Um, so, I... Um, but I, you know, I wanted it to be meaningful and, and connect. And I was becoming more and more aware of this inner landscape that was different than my outer world and the, the mask that I wore and the self that I expressed, you know, mm-hmm. out in the world. So I chose a, a doctorate program in mind-to-body medicine um, and uh, absolutely loved that program, um, Saybrook University. And so I did that program for four years, completed my doctorate. Um, and, and even when it came time to write my dissertation, I thought, I'm going to tackle this thing, this weird language thing that moves through me, this like otherworldly connection. I'm going to go for it. And um, 
I explored that path and talked with my uh, dissertation chair about it and realized, well, academia is brutal. <laughs> and yeah. you've got to be hypercritical. Um, yeah. And especially, you know, a, a dissertation or any type of a you know, research project publication is very, very research-based. And so mm-hmm. the question is, well, what is the research? What is the evidence? Um, am I just crazy? <laughs> you know, what is, is this a spiritual enlightened experience? What, 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 right. what right. is going on? Right. <laughs> and, and I wanted that answer deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I was longing for, but ultimately made the decision. Yes. I need to find that answer, but in the form of a dissertation, that's not the way um, because it was so sensitive and I was still, I still carried a lot of shame around mm. it and just the unknown and it was not the right forum. Mm. Um, so I ended up doing my, my doctoral work on hungering. Uh, of course I was a dietitian working in behavioral health care. So really looked at um, soul hunger mm. um, and the parallel with physical hunger and relationship with all the things we consume relationship with, you know, food and drink, of course, but also work and money and relationships and how, how we consume things and, and what truly we're hungry for. Yeah. And, and that's what I did my, um, my doctoral work on and, hmm. and published it and moved on and, and uh, tied up that part of my journey, but it opened up for me that attunement, that awareness that that question was really nagging at my soul. Yeah. yeah. So as I was going through that process and continuing to work and raise my kids and mm-hmm. um, trying to stay healthy and all those things, I began to open myself up with this language work. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of very profound spiritual experiences, um, some at home, some in religious like church-like settings, some outdoors where I would open myself with this language, it would flow and flow and flow. Mm-hmm. And then I just felt this absolute sense of euphoria, this mm-hmm. absolute sense of oneness and wholeness and beauty and connection. And it was clear that there was something there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was ready to go there, mm-hmm. essentially. I was ready to, to address it and explore it. Um, but of course I thought I was just a little bit insane. Um, <laughs> like this is not normal. This doesn't right. normally happen to people. Of course, at this point I've come to learn, no, it, it actually does happen to quite a few people. We just, mm. we don't have a society that embraces it so much. Yeah. Um, certain pockets of communities do, but sure. as a whole, we don't. Um, so I thought, well, maybe I have a mental health diagnosis. Maybe there's really actually something wrong with me. So I went to see a, a, a therapist friend and I said, oh, just, just check me out. Let me do this in your office. And uh, Let's keep so this between she, us. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. It was a safe place to start. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's some things it's um, it's like, I'm not quite ready to say it, but maybe I can whisper it behind closed doors. You know, yeah. maybe I'm, I have the courage to, to just say it quietly and, you know, not to the whole world. Sure. And uh, so she opened up her office and I would go in and, and let the language come out and she would just mm-hmm. hold that space for that to happen. And I looked forward to those sessions so much because yeah, it was a safe place to address something that had been with me my whole life. Mm-hmm. And through that process, through allowing it to move through me very, very slowly, I got this sense of what the messages were like, what it was saying, because the language itself is very cryptic. It's mm-hmm. um, the language itself it sounds like words. It sounds like um, it sounds like a language, but my cognitive mind didn't have any sense of 
what the meaning was, mm, right? Sure. But once I started to open up in a structured safe space mm-hmm. and just let myself go there and kind of get lost in it, there was this sense of the messages, the sense of the content. Mm. Um, and so I would go back and forth and letting the language move through me and then interpreting the language. And at first it was so hard. It was mm. just so hard. Um, it, it was good and wonderful and exciting, but it was like taking something so vast mm. uh, and formless and condensing it into the small little neuronal pathways of the mind mm. and then into the English language and then out my mouth through words. Right. <laughs> that probably sounds silly, <laughs> but the process just felt so big. And I would leave those sessions with a headache every time and just a headache. And yeah. for the rest of the day, I would feel very drained until doing it time after time after time again, it came very, it became um, easier to open myself up, let Mm. the language flow, communicate what the content of the messages were, and then kind of close back down and and move back into my day. Mm. Um, That process took about 10 years of just working on that, you know, so this has been part of me since I was born, I guess, you Mm. know, since I can remember, but I really, really worked on it very, very consciously um, Mm. for that period of time before I started to really share it. Mm. Um, I had moved, you know, after a couple of years, um, or maybe it was less for out of the psychotherapy office um, Mm. and onto the back porch of my best friend uh, (laughs) who also is a, you know, a PhD psychotherapist, a clinical psychologist. And Mm. of course we're very close and it just felt much more natural, you know, than going to a clinical setting. And we just sit outside on Saturdays and of course she's fascinated with it. And I'd open up and, and, and we got to this point where we would uh, bring questions, you know, Mm. sort of like coming to this council. And ultimately that's what I learned. And that's what I was told um, in these messages is that these are my spiritual guides. Mm. Um, It's not just one entity or guide. It's kind of this group, this council of spiritual guides. Mm. Um, and that, you know, it's not God, it's not, I'm not a prophet, anything like that. It's just help from the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and they encouraged, you know, asking questions. So we mm-hmm. would jot down like what's going on in our marriage, what's going on with our kids, with work, with the, the life. Give decisions. me some insight. Yeah. Right. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, we all have questions every day about sure. what do I do? How do I take this? Is this a lesson for me? What am I supposed to do here? Yeah, you know, yeah. All those types of things. And uh, we would go through this process, it just, and we still do actually to this day, um, but we began to do that pretty regularly. And the more that we did that, the more diversion I felt, or the more tension I felt between my kind of two selves, this outer mask that I was wearing in the world, um, and this inner, very, very precious, very soulful, sensitive Mm. connecting piece and you know sadly i think that just says more about my own you know lack of current and just being authentic right Mm. sometimes it's scary to be authentic yeah um you know i look back think well gosh what's so scary about having a spiritual connection that's that's (laughs) beautiful what in the world is there to hide right but somehow to me it was just too scary to share it 
because it was so precious and mm-hmm. so unusual. And I think given my personality structure, you know, and the American societal, you know, expectations, mm-hmm. I cared a lot about image and what other people thought and what my accomplishments were and all of those outer sure. characteristics of mm-hmm. success and okayness and acceptability. Yeah. And I put a lot of stock in those things. Mm. Um, the clothes that I wore, you know, the shoes and jewelry and um, because I just felt like I, I needed to present well because this thing inside, if people really knew, you know, if people really knew, then they wouldn't take me seriously or I wouldn't be successful in my career or yeah. um, wouldn't be trusted or these things. Yeah. Incredible fear, 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 fear. Yeah, I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately I realized, and, and you know what it was? It was, the, it was the pandemic that really made me face it. Um, and when the pandemic started and I was stuck in home at home and I couldn't go out and I was, I was kind of faced with myself, really. Um, it's kind of like being in an isolation chamber and you have to see your deepest, darkest secrets. And, you know, even though this was my secret, it was a beautiful secret, Mm. but the real work was coming to a place of self-love and self-acceptance because why was I hiding this? I was hiding it a, because I, I wasn't in a community that embraced it and wasn't mm-hmm. raised in a way that was embracing of it. But B, I, I was being deceitful. I was hiding my true self, my true nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the work to do was just accepting what is right. Sure, sure. Just just acceptance. This is the way that I was designed. This is the way I was for whatever reasons, this mm. is how I was created. This is how I came into the world. This is how my brain was structured. Um, I, I can't explain why it mm. just is. Mm. And accepting that just felt really hard. Mm. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I thought, okay, I got to do something. I, I need to kind of come out, <laughs> you know, right. so to speak, I need yeah, to yeah. come out of the closet. Sure. And so that's when I started writing the book and um, that was kind of my official coming out. And there were, I was thinking about what, 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 what should I title the book? I thought, um, how to love yourself when you're weird. <laughs> That'd be a good title. That'd be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I played with that for months. I thought, yeah. Yeah, it. But I thought, well, no, that doesn't really say it, but, <laughs> but that kind of sums up the process for me. Yeah, sure. um, the process was in kind of an oddball and how do I love myself and accept myself? This is my design and mm-hmm. move forward in the world. Um, you know, with my formal career, my uh, my formal education, you know, my career, my, yeah, yeah. my life and, and being authentic. So yeah. that was the process. And um, so I, my, the book was sort of that coming out and mm-hmm. here I am uh, still you know, moving through every day um, <clears throat> and tr- trying to be as authentic throughout each day as, you know, as I yeah. can yeah. and genuine with it. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing, you know, that story with us. And I think, I mean, for our listeners, the book fills in a lot of the, a lot of the gaps because you talk in the book about, obviously, you know, you, you've lived with this for so long. So, you know, your relationships, like with your family, because obviously, you know, you, you're married, you have kids. So like what, how all this kind of fit into there. So for our listeners, definitely pick up the book because there's, there's a lot more in there to the story, but I'm curious um, for our listeners and for myself, maybe before we, we kind of uh, go a little bit further. I just want to kind of clarify 
when, when we speak of channeled communication and you, you mentioned like the guides, mm-hmm. are these, are these spirits? Uh, are they, are they ancestors? Like, are they people who were in your family past? Are they just random spirits? Are they angels? Like what, what exactly like what, because in my mind, I'm like in, in my history, you know, in the evangelical church, it's angels and demons. <laughs> and then it's, right. all, it's all that there mm-hmm. is. And mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm opening up myself to this world where I'm realizing that there are, there are spirits, mm-hmm. but I'm curious, the ones who are speaking to you, are they ones that you have some kind of history with in terms of your family and your roots and generations and things like that? That is an excellent, excellent question that I probably mm. don't even really have the full answer to um, <laughs> in terms of the ancestry piece. Sure. Um, if, if we reduce the invisible realm to angels and demons, then Mm -hmm. these entities are definitely of the angelic realm, Mm -hmm. uh, not the demonic realm. Mm -hmm. And I know that because when I connect with them, I feel at peace. Mm -hmm. I feel at one. I feel a sense of love and warmth and openness and connection and beauty and euphoria. And when I work with them, with others, Mm -hmm. what comes out of the connection and what comes out of the communications is loving and kind Mm -hmm. and healing and compassionate and gentle. Mm -hmm. So to me, I I know that that vibration is of that celestial realm. Sure. Um, In terms of beyond that right so i say they're spiritual guides because that's what they've told me that they are right um what really does that mean i don't know i have no idea i'm learning too as i you know become more um involved in this world you know Mm -hmm. um i the the more time goes on the more i realize how much i don't know Mm. um and I only get kind of these bits of information, right? And so I'm on this journey of learning and evolving um, as well. I cannot see the invisible realm. Some people can. Hmm. Um, some people have the ability to see auras or spirits or things like that. It's not me. Um, I I hear things and I sense things. Um, and I kind of sense this I can hear and I can sense and kind of have this knowing, right? This kind of mm. inner knowing, this sure. information that, that comes across. Um, your question really has me so very curious, though, about ancestry. And you asked, have I had a relationship with these entities? Um, or are they connected to my lineage? Are they connected? Yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm so, so curious about that. Um, yeah. Because I, I am familiar with, you know, the, the concept of um, the soul's journey across lifetimes, which is you know, the, the sense of reincarnation, um, that our soul it, it isn't just one and done, um, mm-hmm. that there is the opportunity to continue this work either in this material, physical world and um, in the invisible, um, infinite heavenly world as well. Right? Mm-hmm. Our, our souls continue on their journey regardless of where, where we are. Um, in this work, and I know I talk about in the book a little bit about um, reincarnation and, and past life regression, and I've done those trainings and that work too. Yeah. And both in that work and then also in this work, when I do connect with the spiritual guides, you know, with other people, sometimes there is a sense of um, soul connection mm. um, across 
uh, you know, across lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that spiritual guides, I've worked with people who, in calling upon their spiritual guides, were either souls who had departed this lifetime and are now in that, um, you know, on the other side in that invisible realm, helping kind of guide them along. Mm-hmm. Um, so my spirit guides, were they with me in a past life? Mm-hmm. Um, did we agree, you know, before, before I was born into this world, did we agree they were kind of going to be my partners yeah. in, in this? Um, and I don't have the answers to those, but those are really mm-hmm. good questions to ask. And those are the <laughs> types of those types of big, you know, metaphysical questions um, yeah. at this point in my journey are more the types of questions that I ask more so than what should I say to my husband tonight? Or, right. <laughs> you know, like those are all kind of ego-based material world-based things, which are important. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but now I'm kind of, I, I like asking the bigger questions and learning yeah. more. So I'm going to add this one to the list. Um, the next council meeting, you can bring that exact, up. That's exactly it. <laughs> that's yeah, it. that's exactly it. Yeah. I asked that because I had on the show about a year ago, a guy, his name is Bob Dotto and he does spirit work and he has, uh, his roots are in the Christian church. And he, he was like one of the first people I ever spoke to who does work that's very similar to yours. But I was talking to him and I, I told him, and I'll, t- I'll share it with you, that I'm really curious about all this because my, my grandma passed away when I was in uh, college, towards actually in, in seminary. So my first year, my master's program. And she, her and I, we were very, very close. And that was, I don't know how many years ago, 15, whatever years ago. And now we, we moved out of state. We moved down to North Carolina. We used to live in New Jersey and we bought a house. We have a daughter. And when I mow the lawn sometimes outside, it sounds really crazy. And I thought, I thought I was crazy for a while, but now I feel, and now I realize I'm not crazy. <laughs> so I'm, gonna, I'm not afraid to voice it, but I'll be mowing the lawn. And, and she had a very distinct perfume she used to wear. And I will smell that perfume sometimes when I'm outside. Mm-hmm. And it literally like makes the hair on my arm stand up. Cause at first I thought, well, maybe somebody's washing their clothes and they have the dryer on and it shoots that smell out of the vent. Maybe it's that, but it happened other times. I'm like, no, it's definitely not that because there's, it's not close enough. And so mm-hmm. I would get this, this, this feeling that she was, that she was nearby. And I always felt that like she was here in some sense, whether she's a guide or whether she's just observing or whether she's just making her presence known so that was kind of the the heart behind my question <laughs> that's beautiful that's really beautiful what what i've experienced both in just working with my guides and you know now the work that i do is in other people who are interested in connecting with their guides or mm-hmm. you know doing sessions a lot of people are interested in connecting with the other side you know and that's mediumship Um, So there's the, you know, channeled communications um, from the spiritual realm, and then there's mediumship um, and connecting with departed loved ones. Mm. Um, And uh, so I do that work on occasion, um, you know, outside of my my regular full-time job. Um, (laughs) And and I'm also doing some research right now um, with uh, IONS, the Institute of Noetic Sciences, Hmm. um, on looking at, you know, is this field in general, uh, mediumship and channeling, uh, ready for professionalism, Mm. um, really looking at things like um, ethics, scope of practice guidelines, Mm -hmm. appropriate boundaries, confidentiality, you know, training on um, grief and 
how to communicate and the sensitivities. You know, it's, it's a bit of um, what I've learned since my coming out, writing the book is mm. on the professional side, it's a bit of the wild, wild west. Um, and I know we're here to talk about spirituality, not professionalism. So I'll keep this brief. Mm. Um, but to me, it is a spiritual imperative to understand how to create and maintain safety in mm. connecting with other people, especially in spirit. Right. Mm. And because these abilities or these gifts, um, they're precious, they're absolutely precious mm. and very, very, very real. Um, and yet, when do you trust them? How far do you let it go? When do you, because it's subtle also, it's not mm. clear cut. I mean, we're not talking about the physical material world. We're not talking about something that you can, um, well, there are some studies now in terms of, you know, validation and certifications for mm. mediums and things like that. But, um, and that's, you know, really what I'm very interested in right now, mm. but there's so far to go, you know, mm. on the research side, on the professionalism and ethics side that, um, you know, your experience, even when you had it at first, you're like, well, is this real? Is it not? I'm not sure because it's subtle. Like it's real, like, yeah. it's, but it's subtle at the same time. You like, know did that I'm just saying? happen? It's, yeah, exactly. Like, wait, yeah. hold wait, out. Oh, and then it's easy to blow it off. So yep. um, anyway, I divert. I, I apologize. No, um, no, please. That's, that's, that's helpful because I, and I think, you know, I think it's so it's, there's so much that you don't know, which I think is, right. which that's I think is fascinating because you're mm -hmm. somebody who you just got to telling us your story. Like you've lived with this your whole life. You poured 10 years of your life into really understanding you've gone through therapy, things like that. And I can ask you a question and you, you, you say, you don't know because you don't know because you're still learning and you're still growing and you're evolving. And I think mm -hmm. that's, I think our listeners can really, um, Kind of relate to that because you know we're all on this spiritual journey we're trying to understand things so that's huge but yeah go ahead sorry well i was just i kind of remembered then you know my my train of thought there in the process so mm -hmm. that's kind of where i ended the book in this sort of like well i don't know there's a lot of work to do you know on the professionalism side in terms sure. of understanding this and packaging it but um you know one of the questions that i had in the book that you know still i i struggle with a little bit is and going back to your question of, well, who are these guides mm -hmm. exactly? Are they answers so you know what it, you know, this sense of, I'm sure you've, you've heard this sense of, we, we all have a, like a, a small S self and a big S self, yep. right? Yep. There's the little S self, which is our, our personality, our ego, mm -hmm. our kind of outer mask, the things that we show other people that we bring into the world. And then there's this big S self, um, or the soul self, mm -hmm. uh, which is, um, true and genuine and beyond the physical body, beyond mm. the mind, beyond personality. It's the part of us that's connected with creator and creation and source and one another, mm. right? Um, that's the, that's the essence, right? Mm. Um, and it, I, I often feel like, you know, in doing these communications with, you know, what I call my guides, is it really just a connection with that, right? With mm. that, with that source, with that source energy, um, and what, what I find so fascinating and I, and I reference it to the book too, is that for me in doing the channeled communications, and I say channeled because mm -hmm. I'm getting kind of this downloaded information. That's not of my small S self, mm -hmm. you know, it's not of my personality. It's stuff I wouldn't think to say. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but it's very, uh, you know, wise and, and loving and compassionate and gentle and kind and healing. But the content of the messages that I've received are very congruent with 
my upbringing in education, you know, mm. particularly in mind-body medicine, behavioral mm. health care, psychology, spirituality, um, and understanding ego and psyche mm. and, and things of that nature. Whereas I know that others who may have had experiences with speaking in tongues, with channeling um, from the spiritual realm, may receive other types of information, mm. um, more around um, Jesus or the Holy Spirit or salvation or heaven mm. or those types of, of religious concepts. And so that fine line between, wait, is this coming from my personality or is this coming from beyond my personality? Is this coming from source or entities on the other side that are giving me information that I can relate to? because this is what my mind knows yeah. um, or, or am I perceiving the, the vibration at which they're sharing with me in the way that my psyche knows to, to receive it. Yeah. Right. And there are some, I've had many experiences where clearly this is an entity outside of myself, giving me information that is not of myself because there's no way I would know this about this other person when I'm working with someone or mm. what it, it, it's, it's ultimately clear. Sure. And then there are other times where it's, well, where is that line, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's where I feel this, it, going back to answering your question of mm. what's the ultimate, where is it from? Yeah. It, or, or is it both, right? Is it so incomprehensible that we don't yet even know how to package it, right? Mm. Because it's so easy to, to put personalities on invisible entities mm -hmm. well do invisible entities have personalities the way we do when they right. don't have a, an ego right because right. you know, yeah. an ego structure is part of the human condition sure. it's not part of the spiritual condition um so i i think it's it's all very much a mystery yeah it's all very much a mystery a beautiful mystery but very yeah. much a mystery so one of the things i wanted to ask you is you know in the in the book you you italicize the things that these guides have said to you. And what I find really interesting, and I, I highlighted so many of the things that, that you had written down, um, is that, again, coming from a Christian background, what I find interesting is that they didn't say anything to you that I hadn't really previously heard or learned, uh, maybe not so much in church, but more so, I think, in my own study of church history, uh, like once I kind of got out of seminary out of the church like in particular uh like my studying of the gnostic gospels mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. esoteric christianity mm -hmm. like the inner exactly. christianity um mm -hmm. some of these earlier ideas that were swirling around in the early centuries but they kind of got buried beneath terms like orthodoxy things like that and what i wanted to do again if it's okay with you is kind of read for our listeners um mm -hmm. one of the things that was was said by the by the guides and maybe you could respond to it for us let's see where is it on page five. Let's see. It says, okay, there's the burden that you carry and the need to feel you're in control produces tension and worry that blocks the flow of God consciousness, the universal vibration of the cosmos, surrender, your world is an illusion of separateness. Mm -hmm. And I loved, I love that uh, because here, there's like this, this idea of the God consciousness or in Christianity, sometimes it's called the Christ, uh, like the cosmic Christ or uh, the Christos. I think in Aramaic, I'm learning it's the Messiah, which is that, mm -hmm. that breath of, of God. 
kind of pulsating through everything in the universe. So like I see like what 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 they're saying to you there, I see it in mm-hmm. Christian history. It's also in in Buddhism, it's in other places as well. So I thought maybe if you could respond to that a little mm-hmm. bit, because I know a lot of our listeners, we've had some some people on the podcast recently who've talked to us a lot about that idea of oneness, that idea mm-hmm. of the interconnectedness of all things. So I think if you could maybe bring some insight into that of what you learned, I think that would be helpful for, for all of us. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that sense of interconnected oneness is one of the best ways to describe the somatic experience in doing mm-hmm. this work, in closing my eyes down, connecting with my breath and letting the language flow through. Yeah. Um, and, and this letting this happen and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go back and say, um, you know, for some people in, I think in Christian charismatic religions, speaking in tongues can be very dramatic, almost like a, a, a stage performance. Yeah. Um, to me, sometimes the there's barking involved and other yeah, things. To too. me, the experience <laughs> is very different. It's more meditative. I'm yeah. sitting very, very calmly, very quietly. The breath flows, the, the words come out and, the, the somatic physical bodily experience of that is an absolute sense of oneness mm-hmm. and in, in interconnectivity and connection. It's, it's almost hard to put words to even, mm-hmm. but that's the, that's the best connection of just the physical experience where all of a sudden I kind of dissolve and I'm part of something so much, so much deeper and richer and bigger than just myself, mm-hmm. you know, my small self. Yeah. And um, when I also work with others, there's also that sense of we'll ask the question, you know, whatever questions. And there's, it's almost like, it's almost like rising above and seeing things from a different perspective, right? You yeah. know, when you're in it, things can feel so big and overwhelming and, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with, the, oh God, the, you know, life, just life yeah, is sure. hard. It yeah. feels hard. It feels overwhelming. In these connections with the other side, it's almost as if kind of rising above in some way, and it's not like out of body, but but somehow there's this separation from it's not separation. It's a return to the oneness and it's a dissolution of the veil of separation, right? The illusion of separation because we feel separate in our identities and in our egos and in our life. And in doing this connection work, it's just this very, very visceral reminder and sense and feeling that there really is no separation. Um, And the more I learn and the deeper I go into this work, the more um, universal that concept is. Um, And, you know, I've become a a student also of um, A Course in Miracles. I don't know if you're Mm -hmm. familiar with that book. Um, There's a lot of language in there also about this concept of, you know, kind of the illusion of separateness um, and like what you're talking about, the Christ consciousness um, in, you know, and it's, it's not just this sense of I am one with God. I'm one with God consciousness. I'm one with creator and creation and the source of all that is. And and so are you, of Mm -hmm. course. And so is your 
wife and your daughter and you know everyone listening to this podcast sure. right there, no one is separate from it right you're all mm-hmm. part of that but also we're one with one another right yeah. the sense of right. one mind um that we are you know the fingers and the toes and the heartbeat of you know of, of creator and creation mm-hmm. and there's actually a lot in in the book also around that when it comes to relating to one another um, mm-hmm. i think that you know, I grew up and, you know, I still struggle with this on, on the daily, but um, thinking that I've got to, I got to have it all together. I got to be in control. I got to figure it out in my mind, you know, what to do, what decisions to make, et cetera. And when I open my heart, I open my mind to coming at life with a partner, with another, um, or in work, you know, relating to, to one another in solving problems, solving solutions. It's so beautiful how we bounce off of one another um, and how energy kind of moves through us to one another as we evolve together, right? In this one consciousness, shared consciousness, this one mind. And I think for me, that's been a journey um, in letting my guard down and trusting, oh, wait, that, oh, you're God. Right. Oh, you're God, yeah. you know, and, and on the judgment side too, I've got to tell you, I struggle, you know, I mean, I struggle with judgment and criticism and, you know, looking at someone else and having all these reasons why I'm not going to trust them or why their idea isn't a good one or why yeah. they're, you know, a train wreck, whatever it is <laughs> to bring myself back. To, oh, but that's, that's God. Yeah. That's another, we're, I am one with that other human being we're one in this journey together yeah that's just so good i've been reading a lot uh, about the gospel of mary recently Mm -hmm. and there's this there's this line in there where jesus is talking to the disciples and i don't have it exact but disciples ask him a question he said you know be wary or be alert of people who tell you to look over there for god or that god is over there he's over here the reality is that the human one he says is within you and that's where that's where god is and you're so connected to god because god is in you but at the same time like if you if you meditate on that and you, you think about the next layer under that is what you are just saying is that that means that we're connected mm-hmm. as well because if god is in me then god is also in you and so that exactly. means that you and i really are one you can be exactly. in tennessee i can be in north carolina and we're, we're one, we're, we're connected. And I think that when you, if you, if you can let that kind of sink in, what I've been finding, if you let that sink in, we obviously have people in this world that we don't get along with, or that we don't see eye to eye with whatever. But if I can see the same substance in you, that's in me, that makes it a lot harder for me to judge you it makes it a lot harder for me to hate you. It makes it a lot harder for me to accuse you and to want to cast you away because you and I are connected. So I think that the more I've been meditating on that idea, the more I've been, I I found myself being less standoffish to people who, and I don't like for lack of a better word, you know what I mean? That makes sense. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And this sense that, you know, if, if, if we're here to to remember if we're here, you know, some people say we're, we're here on this earth to learn lessons, right? Yeah, earth yeah. is our classroom. Yeah. Um, others say, no, 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 we're just here to remember all that we already know, all that yeah. we already are. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe it's both. Um, you know, I think when I run into somebody that I struggle with, it's, 
what what do I have to learn from this? Yeah. What the, whatever is being triggered in me, whatever mm-hmm. this person brings up in me, yeah. usually it's part of my defense system, my ego structure, my judgment. There's something that it's activating, right? Mm-hmm. That I want to work through and dissolve. Um, because I don't want to have that separation, you know, yeah. I mean, I want to see that other person as, as God and, mm-hmm. and, and as one. Um, it's a, it's a process. I mean, it's yeah. definitely a process, but you know, one of the concepts that I love is the sense that when we die, we go through this, um, this process of experiencing kind of look, look at the life review, right. Mm-hmm. Looking back over our life, experiencing all that we caused to happen, you know, sort of going back to, it's a wonderful life. We all, (laughs) uh, you know, the ripple effect of our choices and decisions and words go far beyond what we can comprehend, but both good and bad. So if we have this life review after we finish our time here in physical form and we see all of the wonderful, beautiful ripple effects of the lives that we positively impact. Mm-hmm. how fulfilling and satisfying is that mm-hmm. but that that process also includes all the ways that we negatively impacted others lives mm-hmm. the ways that we made people feel the the choices that we made that impacted sides of them that we didn't even know existed yeah. because we truly are one and so it, it goes both ways right and if you think about that here while we're here on the planet, it's going to make that process much easier. <laughs> right. um, but it's really sobering um, because it's easy to be nice to people that, you know, we love and we, we adore and we think are just great. Yeah. Those people that we struggle with that trigger us, that we just can't imagine, um, you know, the, the way that we treat them and the choices that we make around them do impact their lives and their families yeah. and their spiritual de- ultimately their spiritual development there's a lot there that we could go we could travel we could travel down um trying to think what i want to ask you all right we're nearing the end of our time so we're, we're getting kind well, of that was that, fast that, i know right we're, we're getting kind of that that time but one of the things i know that people are probably wondering and i've been wondering is and correct me if i'm wrong but in the book you talk about how everybody has these guides correct? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's, everybody's connected to these two guides in some way, shape or form. Is there, and they're always speaking, so to speak, right? Like they're always trying to relate to us. So is there something that we can do or something that I can do, something our listeners can do to make ourselves more aware of those guides and to yeah. perhaps even get a sense of what they might be speaking to us mm-hmm. on a regular basis, any kind of practices, any kind of anything that we can yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yes, you know, you're, you're right. We all, we all have helpers on the other mm-hmm. side. Um, mm-hmm. However, they will not interfere with our lives unless we um, invite them to and accept mm-hmm. their presence. So mm-hmm. that's the very first thing is that we can't um, say, gosh, where are they? Why are they here? I don't hear them. It's because mm-hmm. we haven't really opened ourselves up to that. Um, mm-hmm. They're never going to, so, so let me give you an example. You know, we pray for things all the time or, or set our intentions for things. If we don't get the answer we want, oftentimes we shut that door. But to say, Oh, that really was an answer. That really mm-hmm. was my guide speaking. 
so 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 lesson number one is to know and believe they're there Mm -hmm. number two is to actively invite um them and so to me that's a prayer of perception Mm. um it's not a prayer for them to be there because they're already there but it's a prayer that may my mind perceive Um, the, my guides, uh, the support that's available to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so may I perceive and may I receive um, what they're sending my way. Um, we want to perceive that they're there and then open ourselves to receiving whether we like the answer or not, you know, what we give. Sure. And then the, the final one is that it comes in many, many different forms um, to each of us. Um, and so, so to me, I may receive information from my guides through um, images, words, a sense of knowing, um, I might hear something, you might smell something, you might see something. So we all have different senses. Um, and so the, it may come to us differently. Um, and it may come to us differently at different times. What makes that a journey is that, you know, I think we all have had profound mystical experiences in our life undeniably profound instances of connection and and receiving something Um, whether it's smelling seeing hearing knowing um, the trick is not every communication is that profound Mm. not every communication is an earth-shattering mystical experience Mm -hmm. because it happens all day long in these really small, subtle ways. And so that is an exercise in faith and trust and slowly building this sense of understanding that this is how the conversation feels. This is what it looks like, smells like, feels like, tastes like. This is it. It's it's not always earth shattering. Um, it might be you know, a gentle breeze that goes across our face just when we say, where are you? I need help. <laughs> um, you know, it might be a feather on the ground that says, you know, uh, that's a symbol. We, we sure. all, this is the, the, the final thing I'll say about that is that for those of us who are kind of visually based, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to be pretty visually based. Um, symbols are, are great. Um, if you can always ask, and this is big in the mediumship world too, when folks are connecting with departed loved ones on the mm-hmm. other side, say, send me a, send me a sign so that I know, just so that I know this is real. Not that I don't believe, I just got to know. Right. I got to know that it's real. I need sure. a concrete sign. And you can choose what that sign is. You can mm-hmm. tell your guides or your departed loved one, hey, I, I really need a pink elephant. Like mm-hmm. I, I will only know it's you. Uh, not a purple elephant, not a polka dot elephant. It's got to be a pink elephant. Um, And it's amazing how specific you can get Mm. (laughs) um, if you need that level of specificity. Um, Otherwise, if you're open to, please send me a sign, send me a signal so that I know that you're there, so that I know that that this conversation is open, so that you're Mm. in my life. Um, And you will be surprised at how frequently it will come to you. Mm. it's just it's so beautiful it's so 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 beautiful and it can be you know a painting on a wall it could be something in nature it could be something someone says it could be lyrics of a song but opening yourself up to whatever that symbology is and then just remembering it feel okay the vibration of the material world Mm. is heavy and dense and clear 
you know, concrete, you can feel it. Grass, you can touch, you know, you can, the, the, the material world is the material world. The spiritual world vibrates at a different frequency. Yeah. It's not so dense. It's yeah. not so obvious. Mm -hmm. It's very light. Mm -hmm. It's very subtle. It's there, but you cannot hold it in your hands. You can't put it in a box and capture it. Mm. It's, 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 it's um, kind of elusive and uh, free and formless. And so developing a relationship with something that is free and formless and in everything all the time feels very, very different than being in a relationship with another person or an animal or mm. something in the material world, right? Sure. And so what can we do to develop sensitivity and awareness to that? And that's a lot of heart center work and really, really opening up right here in the center of the chest, noticing when we have our guard up, like, what does it feel like in my body? when I'm on the defense, mm. you know, when my husband says something that pisses me off, <laughs> what does it feel like in my body? It yeah. feels tight. It feels yeah. constricted. I feel closed off. I feel indignant. I feel judgmental. What does it feel like in my body mm. when I'm in the presence of beauty and love and I feel connected and it's like I've just forgiven someone and mm. I feel a sense of peace. What does that feel like in my body? Those two physical somatic experiences are a good litmus test for, am I in the vibration of spirit or am I in the vibration of ego? And when I practice more moments of the day being in the vibration of spirit, then it's more accessible to be in relationship with the spiritual realm because I'm in that energy. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm thinking just of that, again, my background, that verse in the Bible about you'll know the spirit by its fruit. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, when you, when you sense that love, you sense that joy, you sense that peace, and you become more attuned to it. Mm -hmm. I think to your point, you begin to recognize it in mm -hmm. more places and then begin to perhaps hear what those, what those guides might be saying to you mm -hmm. um, in that. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, hey, Siri. Oh, no, my phone is going to, there it goes. My phone. I just said it. <laughs> I knew it. I was like, how many times, how long is it going to take me to say that? And then my phone responds uh -huh, to it. But yeah. this has been, this has been a lot of fun. I'm ready to kind of move to Tennessee. Maybe, maybe be your neighbor. <laughs> we are just over the mountain from one another. So we should see each other very soon. Yeah, very we could have, we could have one of those back porch nights and you can, we can talk all about it. I love it. I <laughs> next weekend it's good for me there you go before you go where can people find you online to kind of interact with you and your and your work uh series double.com okay yep. that's it that's that's that's, that's it. the I think place I'm on, Insta I'm on instagram too i think we, we learned though that you're not there as often that's, that's i'm very i'm really not my daughter set up my instagram <laughs> account and i need to kind of get with it and be more present but it's siri i think it's at siri k Zimmel. yeah awesome well i'll put all your links in the show notes and uh we will do this again sometime soon thank you it was a delight thank you i've been busy searching for you yeah trying to figure out if it's true true don't think that I've been played by a fool, yeah This mind don't buy, don't play by the rules I'm gon' make sure that I play my cards right Intuition gave me signs that everything is alright Alright 
contemplating on my moves, I'm in a fight. Under pressure, feel the walls are moving and it's getting tight. Getting tight. The shuffle getting real. real. I hope it lives on something good. I'm all in for the kill. kill. Sometimes kill. it's getting kind of scary. I'm here for the thrill. Decisions on top of decisions like I chose a pill. The bottle getting kind of iffy. Temptations made us presence in the air. It's kind of tempting. Shortcuts after question, but it got on my attention. Uh-oh, and I forgot, but did I mention? Looks like I won the game, ain't my decision. I listen. I've been busy searching for you, yeah. Trying to figure out if it's true, true. Don't think that I've been played by a fool, yeah. Just mind don't mind, don't play by the rules, no. Captain on the low. Gotta let it flow. Gotta let it go, yeah. On to something new, yeah. Trying to play cool, quit with all the tools, yeah. Maybe you're my calling like I'm on flight at 28. Manifesting everything I take, it's not too late. Running to my purpose like I'm rushing to the gate. Of course, it's in my planning and it's also with my faith. At the end of the day, if we gon' find a way, it's a fact of the price that we pay. Everything shine to the gray. Nothing gon' break through the shade. Nothing gon' break through the hate. Everything all that we claim. Hit the red dot to that aim. No missing, I'm focused. No slipping, I'm growing. No talking, just showing. No stopping, keep going. Yeah, I'm just trying to break codes. Ain't nobody I owe. This the life that I chose. And I'm blessed for it. I've been busy searching for you, yeah. Trying to figure out if it's true, true. Don't think that I've been played by a fool, yeah. Just mind, don't mind, don't play by the rules, no. Captain on the low, gotta let it flow, gotta let it go, yeah. On to something new, trying to play it cool, quit with all the tools, 